This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Uh, if you're taking notes today, um, a message is entitled, The Enemy of Good. Um, today, I want to kind of explore a few questions. Um, in this season, in this time of transition, as we're moving into this new season that God has for us, um, I want to I ask a question of why. Why does Elevate Church exist? Why are we moving into a new building? Why are we working so hard? Why are we giving so much money? Why are we going down this journey in this path, in this season Uh, And I want to talk about these questions today. And I think God's got some great answers of why we exist and what we are doing in this season and in this time. And And I just, I don't know what you believe, but I just so believe, I mean, to the core of me, that we are on the cusp of seeing Jesus Christ come back. And I say it all the time, but I believe it in my heart of hearts that Uh, We are a generation that will see the returning of the Lord, and what a time that God has positioned us uh, as the people of God, as a church, uh, to be in the earth, uh, to do his work in this season and in this time, and it's so great. So let's take a look at the word today, and then we'll jump into stuff. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 through 3 says this, share each other's burdens, kind of get an amen on that. Oh, that was weak. That was, uh, that was like, I was like, oh, amen. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Can I get an amen from everybody? Amen. All right. Share each other's burdens. In this way, you obey the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? To love your neighbor as yourself, to take care of others, to treat others as you want to be treated. Verse 3, if you think that you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not that important, okay? So you're not that important, okay? Verse 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You always harvest what you plant. Those who live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from the sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Verse 9, so don't get tired of doing what is good. Man, we could just stop right there today, couldn't we? Don't get tired. Don't get weary. Don't get weary in serving the Lord and running after the things of God and chasing after the kingdom of God and helping other people and loving people. Don't get weary. Don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, you'll reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Verse 10, therefore, whenever we have an opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Sorry, we're starting with a lot of scripture this morning. Verse 17 says, One day while Jesus was teaching some, uh, oh gosh, Pharisees, my mind, <laughs> very tired. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were standing nearby. And the Lord's healing power was strong upon Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They tried to 
take him inside to see Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowds. Look at the crowds today. I love it. Look at the crowds in Jesus' name. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. They lowered the sick man on the mat into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked him, asked him this question. So, so he asked them, why do you question this in your heart? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? Verse 24, love Jesus. So he says, I'll prove that I am the Son of Man and have the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, went home, praising God. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, praising God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. So why does Elevate Church exist? I believe we find it in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, whenever, not when we feel it, not when the Spirit of God is moving, not when, you know, the time is just right, not when everything's going right in my home and in my world and in my sphere. It says, whenever. Ever we, the people of God, have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Another version says, take advantage. Take advantage of every opportunity that comes to you. Every moment that comes by you to bless others. The mission of Elevate Church in a season of change sometimes can quickly be lost. Sometimes when churches are changing seasons, this is exciting. I mean, gosh, I mean, gosh, I just need, I need another look, okay? I, I mean, I walked in, I walked in today. Everybody turn around, look at this, okay? Let, oh, my gosh. Listen, it's really hot in here, okay? I'll tell you that much, okay? And it's just like, it's usually this side. There's, you're sitting on the ground. You're on the ground, okay? There are people everywhere, everywhere, okay? So it's exciting, right? It's exciting that we are going to have even newer chairs. Who's excited about even newer chairs? Hey! I mean, who's excited about air conditioning? I mean, it's, I mean, no, I mean, la I mean, last summer there was, I mean, literally there was, there was Sundays last summer that was like 89 degrees by the time service was done. You're like dripping. So, so it's exciting to move. It's exciting, but in all the changes, sometimes we can get lost and we can lose sight of the vision. We can lose sight of the mission. I'll never forget, um, this was years ago. It was right around this time in March, and we were living in Kalamazoo, and I went to a friend's house to watch the Final Four, and that night on the way home, this massive storm came in, and it was just raining 
like buckets. Anybody ever driven in something like that where it's just, it's raining so hard, you're driving about five miles per hour, and the wind is blowing, and I remember I saw a tree get knocked down. We had straight winds that came in, and a tree got knocked down, it's lightning and it's thundering, and I'm driving home, and in the midst of all this chaos, I actually got lost. I actually didn't know where I was at, went down some different roads and ended up getting lost in the middle of the storm. Sometimes in the middle of transition, sometimes in the middle of us moving from one season into another season, we can lose focus of what the mission that God has for the house really is. So today I want to talk about the mission. I want to talk about why we exist as a church. And I want to make the mission really clear so that as we transition, it's like the children of Israel. They moved out of one season and they moved into a new season that God had in store for them. But because they had a lack of faith, because they lost sight of the mission, because they lost their vision, they lost their way. And instead of reaching the promised land, they walked around the desert for 40 years. I don't want our church to walk around the desert. I want us to go into the promised land. I want us to inherit all that God has in store for your family and for the families that God has called us to reach in Jesus' name. Amen? So what's our mission? Our mission, number one, is this, to feed people. Feed people what? The word of God. What a season in time in the earth that people need truth. I mean, just take five minutes on Instagram, you know, take five minutes on Facebook, take five minutes on CNN, take five minutes on Fox News, take five minutes on whatever kind of media that you want to absorb into your soul, into your life, and I promise you, you will see a world that is desperate for truth and understanding and clarity, We are a generation that needs the word of God. We need men, women, and our kids, our kids. Like, I am so passionate in this season as we go into this new building about our kids and their rooms and their time and what they're going to learn and the things that we're going to put inside of them. We just talked this this last week. We're actually switching our kids' curriculum because the curriculum that we had just didn't have enough faith into it, just didn't have enough of the word of God that I wanted into it. And so we've made a drastic change and a shift because I want to put the word of God into your kids and I want to put faith into your kids and I want want to put the Holy Spirit into your kids, and I want your kids to grow up strong and mighty in Jesus. Can I get an amen for that, okay? So we feed people the word of God. That's number one part of our mission. Number two part of our mission is to take care of people, take care of men, women, and children. And here's the thing about taking care of people. You know, obviously, we got little lambs in this church. I love our little lambs. You know what I mean? I walk over, and I see all these little faces. I saw Nala this morning, and I was just like, you are the most adorable thing on the planet Earth. And I just wanted to squeeze her really, really hard, okay? And I love Nala, okay? And we have little lambs, okay? And they don't know much about God, but it's our job to help them understand things about God. But here's the truth about little lambs is sometimes we are going to have People, adults, that know nothing about God and they're little lambs. And we got to take care of them. Sometimes we got some people that are, they're a lamb and a sheep. They're like that weird preteen, you know, like, you know, mix right there. It's like half lamb, half sheep, you know what I mean? And we're like, really, what are you, you know what I mean? And we got people on their journey in that spot. And then we got some 
sheep in the house, and some sheep are more mature than other sheep, and some sheep are, you know, trying to find their way in the pasture, and, and we got all different types of people with all different seasons of life, and we got different people on different places on their journey with God. And I want to make this abundantly clear. I respect every season that everybody's in, and I'm good with that. Like, I don't ever want to forget the day that I accepted Jesus. I don't ever want to forget what it felt like to feel grace for the first time. I don't ever want to forget what it was like to be in that spot where I was a little lamb. And I grew up in church my whole stinking life. I've probably been to more church services than any of you have been in your whole life, except for maybe like Bill and Ada, you know what I mean? They've been to a whole lot more than me. But, I mean, I grew up in church. And I was a lamb, and I needed to be fed the word of God, and I needed to be loved and to be cared for. And we love caring for people where they're at in the journey in their life, and we are committed to the journey with people. The third thing is this. We love people. We just love people. Just love them. I don't ever, ever want this house to be a place of judgment. I don't ever want this place to be a house of religious spirits that looks down upon people about where they're at in life. I don't care where they're at in life. I just care that Jesus is enough. He's enough. That's all that matters. And if we'll love people well and we'll care for people well and we'll feed them the word of God, the Holy Spirit's really good at his job, amen? And he'll restore and heal and renew people. That's our vision. That's our mission. But in seasons like this sometimes, the mission can get lost. And all of a sudden, we get into seasons of change. Because let me just be really honest with you. Look, I haven't even talked about it yet, and we will talk about it. But we got, we got a bunch of things that are going to change with kids' ministry. We got a bunch of things that are going to change with security. We got a bunch of different things that are changing. Like, all of you got to find a new chair to sit in. Because I know, like, you know, like, Nicole has, like, she, I mean, Nicole will come, like, 25 minutes early so that she can claim this chair. Okay, I promise you, okay? I promise you. And, and I get this. We all, we all are humans, and we don't like change. And, and we're about, in, you know, just really quickly to make a bunch of changes. And the way we serve is going to change. And the way we do church is going to change. And all of a sudden, there's going to be not one service. There's going to be two services. And all of a sudden, you're going to be like, well, I don't know if I really like two services. I like seeing all my friends together at one time. And then there'll be two services. And then there'll be three services someday. And that will change. And the, the change will just continue and continue and continue. And in seasons like this, all of a sudden, what can happen is we can forget the mission. And we can forget the vision. And all of a sudden, and it's just about, oh, I just don't like this. I, I, I just don't like what they're doing in kids now. I, I just don't like, you know, I, I, I had my spot and Jesus showed up in that spot. And now this new spot, there is no Jesus in that spot, you know what I mean? And I just, I just don't feel Jesus, you know? And, and listen, I've been in church just a really long time. And I know that the I don't like, the I don't like, and the I don't like can go on and on and on. And this is why churches fail. This is why churches split. 
This is why churches are ununified. This is why churches are infighting with each other. This is why churches fight with their pastors and their leadership. This is why churches don't get anything accomplished. Because all their focus is on is what I don't like and what I don't care for. And I don't like these changes. And I don't like these new wall colors. And I don't like the way they're doing this now. And I don't like that new song. And I don't even know if I like Jess's voice anymore. I don't know. You know what I mean? Oh, Jesus. I've listened to this voice for 19 years, and I love it. I can't get enough of it. Right? And we go, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like. And Jesus is going, hey, hey, let's just focus on me. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. Let's keep this about Jesus 100% of the time. Let's keep this about feeding people and caring for people and loving people and, and not about me but about he. Does that make sense? It's not about me. It's not about what I always want. It's not what I always like. It's about what Jesus wants. It's about the mission. It's about the vision that God's called this church to accomplish. And listen, if we exist, just like that verse said in in verse 10, if we exist as a body to take every opportunity to bless people, to love people, to care for people, to pray for people, to encourage people, to take them out to lunch after a Sunday service, to get involved in their life and to find out more than just what's happening on the surface. If we'll go to dinner parties and we'll have a conversation with somebody, if we will truly take every opportunity God gives us to bless each other, to love each other, and when new people come in, because that's the thing. That's the thing. We're all real happy with who's in this house today. And we love one another. We know each other. And we've seen each other. And we're happy to see each other. But guess what? There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that are going to walk in that we don't know. And we got to choose right now. What are we going to care about? Are we going to care about us and what we feel? Are we going to care about them? Are we going to care enough to go, you know what, I don't know them, and they're sitting in my chair, and it's okay, but I'm going to go up to them, and I'm going to, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to make them feel instantly a part of this family. I know they don't know us, and I don't know them, but guess what? They're here, and as long as they're here, they're a part of the house. They're a part of the family. Amen? That's the mission. That's why we exist as a church. It's a feed, to care, to love for people, for people. Point number two is this. Why, why a new building? Why a new building? Let me show you a picture real quick. Go ahead, put up that picture. Ugh, there we go. Look at that. Look at those pretty lights, okay? Look at that. Look at that. Look at those beautiful, beautiful lights. Look at those fans. Okay, those fans make zero sound, and they blow cool, wonderful breezes. You'll feel like the Holy Spirit's all around you during service, okay? Listen, that's our, that's our floor that has been ground down to the pure concrete. We're about to seal it. It's going to be wet seal. We're going to have these wonderful black chairs all around. Listen, this building is going to be beautiful in Jesus' name. 
and it's going to sing the praises of God. I'm just so excited, and I'm so blessed by every single one of you that have given and have prayed and have served and gave time and effort into this place. But the reality is this. Our core values as a church is this, is that we believe that we're not a monument, but that we're a movement, okay? We're, we're not a monument to go, hey, come look at our building. Come look at our space. Come look at our rooms. No, 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 no. The building is just a place to house people with the presence of God. It's just a place to do the things of God. It's not about a building. So many churches and so many pastors are about their building and their monument and their statue and their, their thing. No, 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 no. We are a movement for the kingdom of God. And the reality is this. This building, we're going to tear it down in a few years. You're like, oh, gosh, are you serious? You're like, what? I mean, we, you're like, we haven't even had one service in there, and you're already talking about tearing that thing down. Listen, I said to Ryan Earl, I said, listen, I'll give you, I'll give you 18 months. I'm going to leave you alone for 18 months, and then 18 months from now, I'm going to start blowing up your phone, and I'm going to start calling you going, all right, Ryan, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the question then in a heart, our hearts is why? Why all the effort? Why all the time? Why all the resource? Why are we doing all this? If we're just going to just tear this place down and someday that's going to be a parking lot for, for, for something else, why are we doing this right now? Why are we investing this? It's because of Luke chapter 5. He said one day Jesus was teaching the Lord's healing power was strong upon Jesus. Couldn't you feel the Lord's healing power this morning? You just sense Jesus. I could just sense Jesus walking up and down aisles. Just the Lord's healing power, healing, restoring, loving, encouraging, strengthening, empowering people. It says, verse 18, some men carrying a paralyzed man, a sleeping man, came. They came because they heard about Jesus, and they heard about his healing power, and they heard about what he was capable of doing. And that's what I love about Jesus. Because listen, guys, you'll forget what I said today, but you won't forget what happened here today. You won't forget what Jesus spoke to you today. And I care way more about that than about me. I care way more about you hearing and experiencing the presence of the Lord and finding his healing strength in him. They said they tried to get in, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowds. So so why a new building? Why a new building? Because we have people who are paralyzed in this life, and they need Elevate Church. We got people who are paralyzed with fear. We got people that are paralyzed with addiction. We got people that are paralyzed with religion. We got people that are paralyzed with guilt and shame. We got people that are paralyzed with sickness in their bodies, which can I just give a praise report? Do you remember that girl that we prayed for a couple of Sundays ago? Listen, they told, they told, that, they told that family that weekend that that was probably the last weekend that she was going to die. Me and Doug and his family and a couple of people, we prayed. Was that Friday night? We prayed Friday night, and then we prayed. 
prayed on Sunday morning, and that girl is alive, and she is getting better in Jesus' name, okay? She is getting better, and she is going to be just fine. Listen, people are paralyzed with rejection. People are paralyzed by what people have said about them their whole entire lives. People are paralyzed with sin. People are paralyzed with the oppression that the enemy brings. People are paralyzed with no hope. People are paralyzed, just like that man was. He had no hope. He had no future. Listen, in that day, in that time and culture, when you were sick and you were riddled with disease, you weren't even a part of the city. You lived on the outside of the city. This man had zero hope. But this is exactly why Jesus came to bring hope, to bring life, to heal, to restore what the devil has broken our souls. Verse 20 says this, See in their faith, Jesus said to the young man, Your sins are forgiven. Verse 21, But the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law said to himself, Who does he think he is? That is blasphemy. Listen, I don't want to be at church and do you get it? I mean, do you, do you get it? Do you understand it? These, these religious people, they were so focused on what they perceived God wanted to do, what they thought, okay? Listen, I don't care what God wants to do. If God wants us to worship for, a, for an hour, we'll worship for an hour. If God wants to heal people, we'll heal people. If God wants to lay hands on people, we'll lay hands on people. If God wants to do something completely different in our body, that's okay. He's God. I'm not. We're just here to follow him and do what he wants to do. But sometimes in church, we get so focused on church politics. We get so focused on on. on these systems or, or, or how we perceive church should be. And the Lord goes, no, 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 you missed the whole point. The whole point was I came to forgive those who were lost. I came to forgive them no matter how lost they are, no matter how deep they are. And then guess what? I came to heal them, heal their minds, heal their bodies, heal their souls. That is why I came, and that is why we have church, and that's why we do this thing. It's not because of church politics. and It's not because, you know, so-and-so is friends with these people, and so-and-so likes this person, and so-and-so does this. No, 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 none of that matters. None of it matters. The only thing that matters is this, that Jesus comes to heal and restore what is broken. That's all that matters. And that, that is the premise of why we have a new building. That is the premise. I love these men. There's these men that go, you know what? This man is paralyzed. He has no hope. He has no future. He lives on the outside of the city. But guess what? We're going to believe in him. 
I love, there's a new movie, it's called Endgame coming out. Who wants to see Endgame? I'm just so pumped about Endgame, okay? And in the trailer for Endgame, it's like, I love it. It's like the superheroes are like all walking down, you know what I mean? They're like doing their Superman, not Superman, but superhero walk, you know what I mean? And they got the new Avenger outfits on, which are super cool. They're like white and they have red. It says Avengers. Some of you are like, you are way too nerdy and geeky right now, okay? And I, and I understand that, okay? But they're walking down. And they're saying to each other, saying this line, they go, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. You know what I love about these men that bring this paralyzed man? They're saying this, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get this man, whatever, whatever it takes. You know what I love about them is that they get to the house and they see the crowd and there's a huge crowd and they're all packed in and they're all wanting to hear from Jesus and they all want Jesus to heal and restore them. And they get there and they see what's going on and the first thought in my heart is this, that they would think, well, you know, we tried. We tried. We tried to love them. We tried to disciple them. We tried to take care of them. We tried, we tried, we tried. But it's full. It's full. I don't think we can do anything more. But I love their attitude. Their attitude was, no, 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 whatever it takes. I'll give, I'll do whatever it takes to see this man see Jesus. I'll do whatever. I have no regard for myself. And I love this. All they do is say, look up. Look at your neighbor. Say, look up. Say, look up. Look at, look at her. Look. Say, say, no, you, you got to say it with some passion. Say, say, look up. Say, look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. You know what I love about when you look up is this. When you look up and your eyes are on Jesus, guess what? Your whole perspective changes. When you put your eyes on Jesus, all of a sudden your whole entire world, the way you perceive your world, understands everything changes. Your perspective changes. And when your perspective changes and your eyes are on Jesus, all of a sudden what is impossible looks possible. I mean, who thinks, yeah, we have a paralyzed man, and we're going to climb the side of this building, we're going to get on the roof, we're going to tear some tiles off, we're going to lower this man so he can see Jesus. People that say, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. My perspective is not on me. My perspective is 100% about Jesus and what he's capable of doing. So no longer is it about you. No longer is it about me. It's 100% about what? The mission. 100% about how are we going to help paralyzed people in this world find Jesus? How am I going to take paralyzed people at my job? How am I going to take paralyzed friends? How am I going to take paralyzed family members? How am I going to take paralyzed people and help them find Jesus? That's all that matters. And whatever it takes, it's all I'm going to give it all because that's all that matters is them finding Jesus. That's it. I was sitting at um, Honda. It's like a few weeks ago. It's like a Friday, and I just have my earphones in, and I'm listening to Hillsong, and I was actually just trying to zone out. I just 
wanted a free moment. I'm in the like waiting room area and there's lots of different people there and I'm just kind of to myself. And I looked, I looked through the window and I saw this little girl, this little African-American girl. And I think she was probably, I don't know, three or so. And, and she was just sitting there eating, eating some McDonald's. And the Lord was like, I love her so much. I could just feel, I could just feel heaven just in my soul. I could just feel it. I could just just feel heaven just going, I love her. I love her. I don't care about church politics. I don't care about all these things. I care about Jesus, and I care that we are a church that has a heart that is broken for people, that loves people, that cares about people, and a heart as a church that says, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, Lord, use us. Use Elevate Church, because here's the deal. Elevate Church is not me and Jess. We just get to steward this thing. The church is us. The church is you. The church is this house. The church is all of us together, one body, under the name of Jesus, coming together, all of us collectively coming together and say, whatever it takes, Lord, whatever you want, God, and the reality is this. I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's going to cost. It always costs. My third point is this. Don't give up. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get tired. Listen, I've been a part of so many church, you know, renovations and plans and, and big moments. And, and, I can, and I know it right now. And, and, and I've been feeling it. It's like, we're, we're all ramping up to Easter. And, man, Easter is going to be crazy. I promise you, want to come early and get a seat, okay? <laughs> I, I, look, I'm not going to lie. We're going to go to two services really quick. But you're going to want to come early on Easter. And, and we all ramp up to Easter. And Easter is going to be incredible. People are going to get saved. People are going to get baptized. People are going to uh, feel the love of God. People are going to be changed by the power of Jesus. And we push to Easter, and then Easter comes, and then it's all like, oh, all right, where's neutral? we got to throw this thing in neutral, you know what I mean? Man, we've been running hard. We've been working hard at the church. We've been giving hard. We've been loving hard. Man, we've been working hard. Man, we gotta, we got to take a minute to breathe. We need to take a minute to relax. And all the momentum of what God wants to do will just stop like that. Loving paralyzed people will cost. It will cost a few things to disciple people, to feed people, to care for people, to love people. It will cost what? Your time, your talent, and your treasure. It will cost your time, your talent, and your treasure. The other day, Michael, he just left. Somebody just swept him away to his basketball game today. And uh, the other day, he turned 14. And uh, he's tall and he's big. 
and he loves Jesus. And he's just like, he's got armpit hair now, and, you know, he stinks, and, you know, and he has an attitude sometimes. He's 14. Time's precious. Sometimes I feel like it's slipping through my fingers. Running hard for the kingdom of God. It's like sand, just I can't grab it. Time's precious. Helping paralyzed people, helping Jesus, it's going to demand our time. It's going to take our talents. I love, I love seeing everybody's talents on display. You know, I love it. I love seeing people use their talents to help build this church. I'm just blown away by people's gifts and talents. I'm blown away on every Sunday when I see people loving kids and I see people, you know, playing instruments and I see people welcoming people. And I I just, I love seeing everybody's talents being used to glorify God. It's going to take your treasure. Like, we're so... We're, we're, there's still a lot to do. We're not going to get into the building and then we just go, well, praise God, everything's paid for, you know? There's still things that we got to do to accomplish the things that God wants us to do. We're going to need your time, your talent, and your treasure. And, and, and it will cost to go reach paralyzed people. But the beauty is this, people will come and they will know Jesus. And that's the only thing. Let me make this so clear. That is the only thing that you can take to heaven. You will not take your your money, your job. You won't take your success. You won't take your, your things. You won't take your vacations. You won't take any of it to heaven. The only thing you'll take to heaven is to go, God, I gave my time, I gave my talent, and I gave my treasure, Jesus. And he'll go, well done, well done. Because you did that, this person knows Jesus, and this person knows me, and this person's in eternity. And eternity will sing about your time, your talent, and your treasure that you gave to Jesus. It will echo through eternity. The Word of God says it will go on and on and on through eternity, singing the praises of Jesus. And this, this, this is why we do this. And in the middle of all this, in the middle of all this, you know what God's so good at? He, God is so good at this. He goes, listen, in the middle of you giving your time, your treasure, and your talent, I'm going to make sure that you become a mature believer in me. And when you become a mature believer in me, then guess what? Your children will become mature children in me. And guess what? When the storms of life come, because the storms will come and they will hit your house, but guess what? You've built your life on the word of God. You've built your life upon Jesus. You said, God, I'm going to give you the very best that I have, and I'm going to build it upon you. And so when the storm of life comes, the storm will come, and the storm will hit, and the 
storm will rage, but you will stand and your house will stand and your family will stand and you will move forward and God will bless you and God will take care of you and he will not forsake you. The word of God says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. You will not be forsaken because God's goodness, because you stood upon his word and you stood upon his truth. Can I get an amen? So as we sow our lives into other people, as we give our lives to the kingdom of God, Jesus goes, guess what? You're going to stand. You're going to stand no matter what comes your way. No matter what hell throws at you, you will stand. You will be blessed. Your finances will be blessed. Your time will be blessed. Your talent will be blessed. Your home will be blessed. You will be blessed in Jesus' name. Worship team, you guys can come on up. So God says what? Go reach. Go reach. Go reach. Be my hands. Be my feet. Be me. I'll end with this. I had this youth pastor. Her name is Jeannie Mayo. She's like... um, She's like 74 and still doing youth ministry today. I love her. When I see her, I call her mom. She's just amazing. And she always talked about this. She always said this. She said, she'd always say, she'd always say, hey, baby. <laughs> she'd always call us that. She, we were like sons in the Lord to her. She'd go, baby, you need to be Jesus with skin on for somebody. I need you to be Jesus with skin on for somebody. And I knew what she was meaning. I needed to go love somebody. I needed to go care for somebody. I needed to go encourage somebody. I needed to go pray for somebody. I needed I needed to just go have lunch with somebody. I just I just needed to be Jesus. We need that. We need us to be Jesus to people. When people come into our house, they need to be like, I like that person. Because I believe Jesus is likable. I believe that Jesus is magnetic. Like Jesus like, like draws. And when Jesus is on you, you're likable. Believe it or not. You know what I mean? And people go, I want to spend time with that person. They're really nice. Right? We need Jesus. We need a lot of Jesus. So we're likable. So people go, I want to be close. I want to be close. What you saying this morning? What a season.
And I believe this. I believe this. I believe this, that as we pray for those, God's going to start laying people on your heart that are paralyzed. And God's going to go, I need you to bring them. I need you to bring them. I need you to go rescue them. I need you to go find them. It might be somebody you've totally forgotten about. And this week, you'll be on Facebook, believe it or not, and you'll see a picture, and the Holy Spirit will go, there, there's that, there it is. There's that person. Chase them down. Chase them down. Go find them. Go love them. Go care for them. Go feed them. Go help me. Help me. Amen? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.